0: And welcome to the Elastic brand. Um, on today's show, we have Ben Walker from Arise, and Arise is a digital marketing agency in Sheffield. And full disclosure, Arise is actually one of my clients. We worked together last summer on their rebrand, and we're going to chat about that today and what it was like to hire a brand designer as a creative agency. And um, we're also going to talk about sort of how branding works. Um, the for the kind of work that ben does so um in a digital marketing agency and what branding means to them um but first of all can you tell us a little bit about yourself ben and what arise does
1: yeah um so arise are a digital agency like you say uh working uh particularly now in the sort of hospitality industry um and sort of branching a little bit into tourism and that side of things as well um for the most part kind of trying to work with uh, hotels um on their marketing uh in terms of kind of social media uh the website side of things uh and sort of search presence as well yeah my my kind of backstory is I I obviously went to university and I I studied um computing there which is very very boring sounding (laughs) um but but out of that obviously I kind of knew a lot about um the web uh, and that side of things um I set my own little business sort of straight out of uni um doing kind of you know bits of graphics and and little websites um it's really just kind of a freelance basis yeah so I've done various things since there um you know worked for a friend in in the music industry um which involved kind of doing some album artwork kind of stuff um but also built a, a crowdfunding platform for them too which was oh, wow. was very involved and Kind of a, a nice mix for a role, really. Yeah. Um, worked at um, yeah a, one of these fancy branding agencies, um, building websites um, to very very specific designs yeah. for for designers. <clears throat> but kind of throughout all that, um, sort of realised that I, I always wanted to be my own business and start my own business again. So I've had that calling to come mm. back to that. Um, so started a rise five years ago this year um uh, i guess kind of leading into sort of the where we came in at, at, and sort of met with you yeah uh we, we were sort of we were doing pretty well um but there was kind of uh, a bit of a not a stagnation but but we knew there was something that was sort of stopping us from growing yeah um Initially, kind of, we were on a bit of a business growth program, and and that's where we kind of identified there was a bit of a a, a block in our marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, something wasn't quite adding up there, you know, despite spending loads on AdWords and yeah, vet networking meetings by the thousands, and it just wasn't kind of working out. Um, so we kind of were advised to kind of find someone in the industry. could be a bit of a mentor and kind of give us that um it's kind of all about that that outside view of sort of what we do because obviously we we are a marketing agency and to kind of struggle with your own marketing is it's just it's that age-old problem isn't it yeah yeah. Yeah,
0: i mean it's the same like designing a website as your own website as a designer it's a nightmare yeah
1: yeah it's just takes up you you don't think straight do you it's 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 mad so um i contacted um paul boag um for some reason even though i would listened to his podcast for like 10 15 years yeah. read blog posts and i knew he did mentoring it just didn't click that that he was a good person to speak to but then one day it just kind of clicked um and you know we spoke to him and, and straight away he was kind of bang on sort of what we need to do yeah um you know kind of first kind of 10 minutes of speaking to me sort of identified that our branding was really off uh that we needed to look at specializing to to kind of um give our our marketing more impact really because it was so sort of scattergun
0: had you been sorry just to interrupt had you been marketing were you in the hospitality and tourism marketing was that what you were aiming at at that point or were you just marketing for whoever came
1: along we were we were sort of always when you start out you just you just want to be everything for everyone yeah um and that's we kind of were we had got a few kind of um a couple of hotels we worked with uh a a walking holiday company Mm. um a a kind of a tourist attraction in derbyshire that that we do a lot of work for um which kind of meant we had we did actually have that core of those clients already So it was a a little bit of a natural step. And we had already sort of tried for the hotel market about a year before. But I think, again, it was a bit of a scattergun approach. Mm. Um, We weren't being persistent with it. You know, we tried for maybe six months and then thought this isn't working and given up. Um,
0: So Paul said, I think you should specialise, did he?
1: Essentially, yeah. Mainly so we as I say, we've, we're not a scattergun approach. We're focusing with speaking to the same people again and again and having those touch points. Yeah, um, yeah I guess kind of coming into the branding now, he sort of really identified that um, we, we'd sort of created a brand that, that we liked, it, you know, we'd not even considered the the target audience mm. or the customer. We'd done something that was really you know, qu- quite vibrant mm-hmm. um, colors that we liked yeah. imagery that we liked um, but really it didn't set us apart um in any way because you know that's every kind of local marketing agency every little web design company i feel kind of goes for that same feel yeah um so paul paul kind of uh recommended you um which was kind of the the big uh reason we we went with you when we were looking around mm. um but also having already thought a bit about the audience we wanted to go for your kind of experience and and style Mm. and the fact that there was a a process there as well in terms of you know you're actually bothered about um it's not just whacking out a logo it's more understanding the business Mm. understanding the the audience um that really kind of appealed there
0: Mm. thank you (laughs) you're welcome one (laughs) prize
1: um so yeah, that as I say, our branding was very I think Paul described it as a, a bit little. <laughs> um it's very, you know, bright blue, bright yellow, mm. really kind of attracting uh the cheaper end. Mm. Um yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a bit of a classic thing, you know, yellow reduced stickers, mm. um there's that kind of connotation isn't there
0: it's funny isn't it how you you can have something like that you can live with something like that for a long time and then it just takes one person to point it out and you're like oh my god how did we not kind of see that yeah yeah it's really interesting
1: so yeah um so obviously we, we we touched base with you and kind of set out on that that journey there um the 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 problem with kind of this bright quite bright and breezy Uh, cheap looking branding, even though we didn't recognise it as that um before kind of that moment, Mm. is that it it's attracts naturally it was sort of attracting anyone, attracting sort of lower end Mm. clients. Um a lot of kind of just inquiries that never really led anywhere. Um again it's that trying to be everything for everybody.
0: Mm. I think once you identify the market that you want to move into it's so much easier, then, isn't it, to to start moving everything in that direction and to get a more yeah, clear image of you know what it you is. need to do.
1: The the way that someone described it to me was that um kind of everybody is fishing in the same pond, and you're basically going and fishing in a different pond. Yeah. Um, which is great because it feels like all the people I've always felt are our competitors, who are basically if you if you Google web design Sheffield and that kind of thing yeah. that they're no longer our competitors, they're just working in a different market mm. doing the same thing, which actually is, in a strange way, a big relief. Really it freeing, feels like really liberating. Yeah. Also, there's, the, there's sort of the power of we've been able to sort of really get stuck in, uh, build relationships in the industry and um, go to different conferences, mm. but actually start to learn the sort of specific struggles and mm. sort of the you find yourself becoming a bit more of a you are specializing but you're also becoming a, a specialist mm. by by specializing which sounds strange
0: and becoming an expert in that particular field. Yeah, yeah 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 which is very empowering
1: yeah so, so that's kind of where we were um rubbish brand that didn't reflect the audience that we now wanted to attract um so i don't know if you want to talk a bit about your sort of standard process and how that that kind of kicked yeah.
0: in. well did we um just before we we do that did you ever think of doing the rebrand yourself in-house or was it always going to be something that you you hired outside of just because it's such a pain in the bum to do your own branding and stuff
1: yeah I think it I did consider that yeah um but I think I kind of realized at that point Having the experience of having Paul come in and mm. just saying a few words with all the, all this kind of experience and, and the outside perspective really changing things. I mm. knew kind of another outside perspective, someone who knows what they're talking about, can can really change things yeah. um, for us. And yeah, as I say, just the, the the hassle of we'd actually only really moved to this new brand kind of maybe not not even a year before. So, kind of, that, that in itself was a mm. a nightmare process, really, kind of trying to do that ourselves, and you get stuck in so many different colour variations, and yeah. making that your problem was actually really good. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, we kind of, um, I think you reached out to me, um, it was sort of the tail end of the summer, wasn't it, I think? And, um yeah said that paul had recommended me and then um sort of discussed whether we were going to have a meet up face to face and um yeah, you yeah. know how we were going to do that and we decided that actually <clears throat> it wasn't really necessary um so i think we had a chat and yeah i created a questionnaire for you how did you feel yeah. about i uh, people have such mixed emotion about questionnaires because they're like well they're they don't you know some people are like they're just not helpful and other people like they really helped me kind of focus in on stuff so uh, how did how did you feel about the questionnaire putting you on the spot
1: I I think for for us we were kind of engaged in the process so it it worked quite well and it wasn't all closed questions it and it wasn't it wasn't completely the the standard stuff you know Mm. like which which of these words describes your business kind of thing it's Mm. it was a yeah quite quite an open process so actually quite appreciated having that structure really to that we can have our say all in one go if that makes sense rather than you know you producing stuff and then it it being wrong and Mm. as actually saying actually we wanted this it was yeah kind of all that preparation work actually paid off i think
0: yeah i think i think after the questionnaire we had a chat to go through it as well which i think yeah really makes a difference um to kind of then discuss it because Mm. you know it's interpreting what someone else has said so it's always really good to actually clarify on those points yeah. um and I think I also explained to you at that point that I do the one initial idea <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. which um I've been discussing so much lately um mm. because I've had like some people saying yeah absolutely I do the same thing and then other people saying no I totally disagree with that like um how did mm. you feel about that?
1: Um, yeah, something that I probably agree with really and sort of I've I've done it various ways over the years um, in terms of sort of where we often do like initial mm, web design layouts yeah. for people. Um, you always know if you give them th- three different options, mm-hmm. you've got one that you really like, two that you feel just filler. Maybe one of them's actually really bad, but <laughs> but you're just saying it anyway. Yeah, um, hoping that they won't the, choose that one. They always choose that one yeah, though. Yeah, That's do. the thing. Yeah. Or or they think I want you know this from this one, this from the other one, and something from the other one. It just ends up being a bit of a, a sort of a Frankenstein mashup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's something that I I kind of really agreed with, and again, it having done the questionnaires and, and chatting through stuff and being engaged with the process actually means you, you don't need to do the three. You, you know, you mm-hmm. sort of know the questions that need answering, and um, so.
0: I think I had a really strong idea by the time I got to the design stage about Mm. exactly what kind of I had in my mind um, at that point. And to have come up with another two or three would have, yeah, really diluted the whole process. Also, it's time-consuming and not really Mm. cost effective either. So, um, yeah. But then again, I think some other projects, maybe it does work for. I've got one at the moment where, I'm um, just doing an identity design and they really don't know what they want at all and they don't really yeah. have any direction. So probably the best thing is for me to just send them, you know, several different ideas and they can kind yeah. of pick from there. But I think for what we were doing, which was a bit more in depth of rebrand, it, it definitely one idea would have been the best use of time and stuff. Hmm. How do you ha- I mean I'm I love to see clients face to face, but it's not always a possible time budget whatever do you think we could have got more out of a face-to-face meeting or um do you think we kind of covered everything we needed to
1: i think yeah i think i i was tempted to go for the face-to-face meeting um but i think i I don't think we could have got much more out of it really i think we as a project it, it sort of hit the brief really well so actually i don't think it would have added very much um I think if, you know, if we were closer um, yeah. geographically, I think, you know, it would probably just meet, meet sort of naturally anyway. It'd be nice um, to
0: meet, wouldn't it? It's always nice to meet clients. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, it was nice. But I think if the questionnaire's is right, it's not always necessary.
1: Yeah. And I think kind of for us, we'd already kind of, we were already sort of reconsidering the business and reanalyzing things. So we had, I don't know if you remember, we produced um, user personas and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah absolutely um,
1: come up with some cheesy names for them and mm-hmm. um, I think it was Pauline McGinty um, <laughs> the hotel marketing manager oh, yes. um,
0: so what coming back to me now
1: yeah we actually we sat down as a team and did those and found it a really sort of eye-opening experience yes. um, it's not really something we'd done before actually it's something we've, we've been able to start to look at for other clients as well yeah.
0: um you and I had a little chat on Twitter not long ago because I'm always like I, I've always mm. used user personas and I know that um, not everybody basically uses them but I'm always sort of slightly concerned that my person you know my maybe biases I don't Mm. And even know that I have will always come into that. You know, I can't possibly create a user persona for someone from another ethnicity or another sex because that's never been my experience. That is something that always concerns me a little bit about that. Like, how did you how did you tackle that? How what was your process behind that?
1: Because it was kind of the first time we'd done it, we were probably a bit a bit sort of loose and free with it all um just really kind of has a, a brainstorm as a team um and try to just visualize so i think that the power of it is that you are slightly relying on that bias mm-hmm. and that sort of intuition yeah, yeah which is a danger obviously um but we did just sort of looking around uh so we even kind of looked on linkedin at um actual hotel marketing mm. managers and looked at how they sort of presented themselves and That's that sort of thing. That's such
0: a good idea yeah it's brilliant. Um,
1: yeah which kind of gave us some insight we even you know this Pauline McGuinty character actually started out as Paul McGuinty. Mm. but we realized um, doing that process that probably the, over half of the, the sort of hotel marketing managers were female mm. so and that obviously has some kind of um, twist on how we looked at the branding yeah. as well to some extent um so, so yeah it's kind of quite good at just uncovering those sort of things um we probably did go a bit silly in some places um which it i guess kind of is is maybe a bit biased and kind of we were visualizing she drives a, a white fiat 500 <laughs> I <remember that>. um <laughs> yeah but but you do it's get a, a kind though. of a, a mental picture yeah. don't you of of a, an actual person um it's quite good for us because I think we focus down onto that one role as well. Uh, I imagine you find it a bit tricky when a business is saying that they've got three kind of Mm. or four, um, kind of target, target audiences Mm. to look at. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had clients
0: say, I want to target everybody and you're like, well, that's Mm. insane. (laughs) you, You can't possibly do that. Yeah. But yeah, when it's, like a real yeah that was so so helpful and really really gave me focus and the fact that you work in a you know specific kind of industry also really Mm. really helped with that but yeah when there's several different you know maybe varying age ranges um that can make life a little bit more more tricky
1: yeah yeah Uh, you kind of know is the reality for some some organizations as well um I mean, actually, it's something we sort of find with hotels that they're quite often trying to, you know, reach out. They've got, um, obviously, stay in their rooms. They've got spa breaks. Mm. They've got fine dining. Yeah, um,
0: weddings, I guess.
1: Yeah, weddings, uh, you know, corporate offerings. So, like, you know, business functions and that Mm. side of things as well. Yeah. They're quite often trying to reach out to quite a broad range of different target audiences. So keeping that brand across all those and keeping all those messages um, in balance um, is a, a sort of a particular um, challenge, really. Um, something that not, not everybody does well, um, but, but but needs to be looked at.
0: And I suppose it's not a one-size-fits-all at all, is it? You can't just apply the same thing over and over again. You have to really get to know their individual mm. needs. Yeah, yeah. Um. So we basically, the final offering was, um, I think, kind of, I would say, luxury, lux? Is that how we described it? I
1: think that's the word you come up with, yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and sort of, because we wanted to not be too traditional on the one hand, but also wanted to be like modern digital agency. Yeah, yeah. So, but also really still appealing to that luxurious kind of market that you work in a lot so I
1: yeah think, it's kind of yeah. also a bit of a twist on sort of the country vibe wasn't yeah it? so yeah m- looking particularly at sort of the a lot of the independent boutique hotels are kind of con- old country houses or mm. or that kind of thing um also we wanted to kind of though we're focusing really closely on this hotel market we are you know, working with uh, people in the tourism industry mm. and and sort of more the heritage side of things as well so we we sort of said we wanted to keep a a little bit of that vibe in there mm. um but not not make it the center focus and i think we did that you did that really well thank
0: you yeah it, it seemed to come together and it seems it seems yeah, yeah. to come together really easily, which I always think is a really good. You know, when I sat down to mm. design it, it came together really easily, and I think that's always a really good sign that we're mm. on the right track. We've done the right work, and the colours that we chose as well were very heritage yeah. colours, weren't they? Which kind of also kind of then fed into that that industry as well, and then. I mean you didn't need me to write you Massively extensive guidelines either Being a digital agency So you were kind of It was just a case of kind of saying A little bit of advice For like maybe complementary colours And um, Mm. I think we talked about Kind of maybe you talked about imagery In your blog posts and stuff Which I really love that you use These kind of black and white Old fashioned Mm. pictures Which are really cool And keep it really um, consistent as well In your um, like journal blog yeah um yeah. and then yeah and just a bit of advice on fonts and stuff and it was we were there weren't we really
1: yeah I, th- I think the other thing that we we sort of put in the brief was that we wanted to keep keep some recognizability from what we had previously yeah. as well yeah so not not losing the shapes and the wording entirely um which I think again you th- I don't th- from your point of view did that restrict you or
0: no, not no, not really. It was a great starting off point. Like the more, mm. I always feel like the more information that I can have, which is positive information, because it's not always yeah. like it's a lot of it's like rules and you know, and that always re- feels restrictive. But that's a positive thing to work from. So that was really helpful as well. It just was like a really clear starting off point from my point of view, and I think that was shown in how. Quickly, we kind of got to where we wanted to get to, and you know, finished the project. It was not a long drawn out process, was it? It was all done really smooth. Yeah, really smooth. I think that worked so well. Um, Is there anything you'd do differently in the future?
1: Um, that's a very good question. I I don't think there is really. You can be be
0: honest honest as well. (laughs) I won't be offended.
1: Yeah, I I don't think there is really. Um, I I actually think the the way we did it sort of the you obviously did the brand guidelines a fairly skinny version of brand Mm, guidelines very skinny yeah so obviously we 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 do sort of know what we're talking about a little bit um so we didn't need to know i think a lot of brand guidelines go over the top as well Mm. saying you know don't make the logo bright pink and yeah stretch it out of of shape and and that sort of thing i'm just writing Um, an article
0: at the moment actually about um about creating brand guidelines for clients who have no you know expertise at all and really d- d- deep diving into what needs to be included in that and it, it does get so complex to make sure that yeah. they're using it properly on the social media um and you know all the different versions they need for the different platforms and stuff yeah. but i think it was so you know and it can be a really really I, i'm suggesting something to use like pattern libraries for that to kind mm-hmm. of really really kind of give them to empower them because I think often we kind of send clients off with you know not enough information and then you see the brand out then you're like ah that's mm, that's not really working so I'm kind of working on that but with you guys that that did not need to be I didn't need to send you like use this one on this and use this one on this like you you knew which is really great
1: yeah I I think I guess it must be difficult because you do see Especially sort of larger organisations where different people are producing content in different ways, mm. you you see the why a brand guideline document is required because mm. you do see you know logo in three different shapes and um, different different typefaces used and the colours going a bit mm. strange. Um, so you can see the need for that really yeah. strict yeah. brand guidelines, but
0: you didn't need but, that. You know, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so um if we want to kind of move on to kind of what branding means to your agency because i I kind of feel that i do the easy stuff so i do the visual identity um and you know digital design but you guys do the like keeping that brand alive through social media through email through yeah website whatever How, how so what does brand mean to you first of all I know that's a huge question but um how do you interpret it
1: yeah it's a very good question I was thinking about this and I think um a lot of people think still these days that uh, a brand is just the logo and obviously Mm. it's it's a lot more than that um it's the logo is obviously the core of it um color schemes etc sort of working around that um But it's 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 like you say it's how that plays out and it's keeping that alive over time um I guess it does get a little bit fuzzy sort of this question of what what is what is a brand um but it it is sort of it's how how you communicate really and and how you make people feel I think that's yeah that's maybe the the again as I say sort of really fuzzy definition but I think think that that sums it up
0: yeah I think that's how how I've come to like how how your customers react to you and how yeah, yeah how they feel within that. So how do you what what does your work entail with regards to different brands?
1: So yeah, I I guess it's how how that plays out um through the different channels. Um obviously there's there's the offline stuff mm. which we don't touch that much but but obviously it does it does include, you know, everything from, you know, what what kind of uniforms people mm. wear to yeah, the, the standard stuff like business cards um particularly in the hotel industry kind of the decor and 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 that side of things um but but really for us it's kind of refocusing on the the digital uh side of things so particularly kind of the social media and the website um it, even kind of the search engine presence um how that that comes across um and the rankings kind of mm. play into brand a little bit um Email marketing, uh, re- really kind of listing sites as well. So, particularly in our industry, kind of Tripadvisor, um, how how you respond to reviews is actually a big part of brand. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah,
1: um, and, and obviously, kind of the imagery uh, used on those kind of platforms it is a a big uh, thing too. So, um, it, it it's kind of really about being cons- consistent throughout. Um, all of that um which is kind of the, the brand guidelines are sort of a starting point for that uh to some extent um it's great when a client is sort of really thought through in their process they know who they they are and they want to be uh, who they want to reach but it's it's difficult um like we're saying everybody wants to start out to be everything mm-hmm. to everyone mm-hmm. And there's a lot of businesses um who kind of don't just don't know who they want to reach mm. or uh, have found in the past and I don't know if you find this but you come to clients and they almost want you to tell them who who their target audience mm. is and what what they should should be
0: absolutely and I th- actually think that that's quite a valuable role that we do and mm. I've often like had someone come to me and say we need to I want to do a brand I'm starting a new company or I need to rebrand and it's through that process of the questionnaire or whatever or just meetings that they come to understand actually who their clients are which I think we shouldn't under- underestimate how we can help them do that
1: yeah it's, it's like sometimes you're you're completely redesigning their businesses mm. and not just not just the logo or the website yeah
0: it's, totally yeah
1: well, when you come to like even kind of re- really sort of generic b2b kind of website kind of companies and you get to sort of their services what we do kind of page and you start to think about what they do it's they don't always they can't always tell you what they do Mm. um and they discover things that actually we could be doing this etc so it's
0: Mm.
1: it's all kind of a really broad process very
0: valuable i think yeah yeah um do you really work you know strongly with the client I mean what's your kind of process to get to know them is it similar to how I got to know you guys or is it does it differ from from that
1: Um, it's probably a little bit similar um we always kind of try and have a, a face-to-face um meeting we do um kind of a setup interview with new clients uh, that's usually fairly intense kind of a couple of hours sat down we, we have got kind of um sort of a questionnaire sort of a script for us really to go through and Mm -hmm. find out um everything from you know sort of what what tone of voice they want to use um who their target audience is what what they've already been doing with their their digital platforms what they have what they don't have um things in in terms of even sort of what what brands they want to be like what what brands they support Mm, and maybe you know charities and things that they they work with or or sports teams and that kind of thing I
0: love that because that really gives you an idea of kind of their ethics and morals as well doesn't it and kind of where they're coming from love it
1: yeah yeah so that sort of builds a a bit of a library as Mm. well that we can develop content um over time because like you say it's not just a A one-shot thing for us it's it's keeping that alive Mm. um ongoing um so that that's really a a key part of the process and that usually sort of launches into a bit of an initial review and refresh of everything Mm. um so it can be really worst case scenarios clearing out a load of old social media posts that are just not on brand
0: do you have to like literally delete those
1: in some cases yeah that that's rare to be honest because once we get you know good um content in place over time they you know they just fade into obscurity a bit um but it's as I say it's sometimes you're you're kind of helping them decide what their identity is Mm. but then sort of starting to communicate that over all these different channels sort of kicks in and over time it it's a it, it sort of fades in and through the different um methods sort of you know, using imagery the right way, Mm. um, using the right wording, getting consistent messaging across everything, that kind of really comes into play and and becomes quite powerful Mm. really when it all works together.
0: Do you manage the social media for them as in you do the posts or do you, or do, is it a case of sometimes you do, or is it a case of you're advising them on what they should do?
1: Uh, the ma- the majority of the time we we manage it mm-hmm. all for them um you know a lot of businesses they're just too busy to do it themselves yeah. um a lot of them don't have the the know-how some of them think they have the know-how mm-hmm. um, and they don't S- sometimes we have done a, a strategy and basically a bit of training to mm-hmm. help uh internal teams uh deliver that um but as i say most of the time we we sort of take charge and and do that for them work with them and and produce that content consistently and that that's kind of one of the key things really it's having the same person doing it all the time mm. or the same the same group doing it cuz you often find that um, in an organization you know someone will have responsibility for the website mm. someone will be doing the facebook someone else will be doing the the instagram and it, it you know it doesn't all sync together it's it's not got the same messaging Mm -hmm. um it's not got the same tone of voice the imagery is all off so they they really kind of miss out there so in that case it's either a case of you know you get that team together you get them to produce a strategy together or you get an agency uh, like us who can take care of that Mm -hmm. and deliver that strategy um without without that that kind of wrangling really
0: so you must I mean you must have to get to know them so well in order to kind of you know recreate their tone of voice or um that must mean real relationship building with everybody you work with
1: yeah it does really um some clients have got um really specific ways that they want to come across Mm. as well um yeah some some want to use really poetic language some want to just kind of build um kind of profile in a certain industry as well, mm. so it's yeah you you have to get to know them well um you know kind of obviously with hotels particularly it's it's going there and and seeing the place and staying in them mm. as time to time
0: what a terrible hardship that must be
1: yeah it's we don't get to do that too often <laughs> to be fair um but it, in a way that's that's um a really good thing about moving into this industry is that you know if we're moving into say like a solicitors industry mm. legal mm. industry mm. you can't really just go and sit in a, no. a solicitor's office but we can just go even to a, a hotel bar and sort of soak up the vibe and
0: yeah,
1: yeah it's hard life um in
0: that <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> you poor thing um <laughs> so I, I mean there's so many different m- platforms now is it mainly instagram twitter facebook that you kind of manage um
1: yeah i think facebook is still kind of the core because uh, it's really obviously a, a business to consumer market mm. for for hotels so reaching in you know individual actual people facebook is really good um the the kind of the the advertising power behind it as well is is really useful um for example as i was saying hotels have that sort of really split offering of uh you know weddings corporate Mm. um dining etc that's a really useful way to get that um that message out there so rather than always posting about weddings if that's a priority um we can you know promote a, a post about weddings to a really targeted audience um using kind of ad to spend behind that to to promote that and give it more reach yeah so it's kind of it's using techniques like that to to connect with the audience the audience and the right audience um
0: and that's what that makes that powerful yeah that's what makes it almost impossible not to be on facebook isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> um and do you feel that like with each um separate platform um because i would imagine instagram is that is that a good one as well because visually it's very inspiring really good one yeah Yeah. very
1: visual um there's some statistics that i can't remember right now but basically the majority of people now use instagram to choose their the holidays really basically just want to recreate that sort of Instagrammable yeah shot of a place um it's as i say yeah especially for the really luxury um sort of design-led hotels that's that's a big thing yeah uh anywhere with sort of a a fine dining offering um you know like food photography does so well mm. on on instagram um but as i say it's all about consistency with all this so you you find that there are people who are doing really well you know really high quality mm. photography that's all you know using filters consistently mm. etc then you find people who are reposting um you know keep calm it's it's time to drink gin kind Mm -hmm. of things with really dodgy Mm. um trashy spammy hashtags all over it (laughs) um and that that's kind of really the the difference Uh, sort of having a strategy really who you want to reach Mm. and producing content in line with that rather than as many seem to do just kind of producing content to to fill a spot Mm. yeah and a lot of people are getting engagement with that but not it's not the right engagement with the right people it doesn't lead anywhere no
0: it's just people who are looking at that hashtag and like you know liking it or whatever and they're Mm. not necessarily gonna you know follow on and and do something with that I guess how do you cope with the ever-changing algorithm on Instagram or do you just try try not to worry about it too much
1: um we, we we do try and sort of post things at the right time um I guess kind of with all these things, and we find this kind of with the Google algorithms as well. It's it's more about sticking to broad principles um, than trying to follow every little um, you know twist in the algorithm. It's more about producing quality content consistently um, that engages with people than it is trying to play the system. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. I think I've I've kind of heard that from other people as well. Like stop focusing kind of on numbers and likes and yeah. stuff and focus on quality interaction with with people. But basically
1: with with all these platforms, they're set up so what is actually authoritative quality content does well or on this kind of um more cynical side, what you pay for what you put money behind as well yeah so it's kind of it's being wise with both of those and, and and using them to the the best ability really
0: yeah do you have to adapt sort of tone so if you had a client and they've, they're using all three would you always say to a client focus on one platform and do that really well or would you are you always like well maybe two or three and if if it is like two or three do you adapt the content around the users of that specific platform
1: yeah absolutely yeah um it kind of as we were sort of talking about earlier it comes back to that audience all the time who do you want to target um sometimes you know people want to just have a presence on every platform uh, which is you know fine and understandable but um as i say like we, we particularly push for facebook as the main thing uh for kind of business to consumer side of things yeah um twitter uh partly has that um you know it's also a, a sort of a, it, it's a quicker quicker moving platform really with obviously shorter content yeah. so that's that is a bit more relational um but also it, it seems to favor bigger brands and more sort of journalistic style um organizations um so that's it's not always the the first sort of go-to platform yeah uh, instagram again as i say anything that's visual um photography yeah it's 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 great for that um,
0: are you more b b to c on instagram as opposed to kind of um yeah,
1: yeah. We, we've kind of worked with a few sort of business to business clients uh and obviously there's platforms like linkedin as well yeah. um which again kind of for for going back to hotels that's kind of useful f- uh for the corporate offering mm. um that's kind of where hotels do get a sort of b2b yeah um, vibe to them yeah um so yeah yeah um instagram's kind of mainly uh b2c really
0: yeah mm. seo i mean god where do we begin <laughs> well indeed yeah <laughs> that, that's a, a broad subject um so how how do you Sort of companies keep their brand uh, going through their SEO. Um, that's about as much as I know about SEO. So it's probably a terribly worded yeah. question. <laughs> I find it all like I don't understand it. So yeah.
1: Um, the the thing that works really well with SEO, as I say, it's it's about sort of looking at these broader principles, um, looking at what Google actually want um, mm. for your site. What what do they want to favour and a lot of it is uh sort of these days what they call um search task completion so basically uh someone wants to know what what time does this hotel mm. open yeah you know is that information on your site um ah, right. and actually again it comes back to your brand really because if and just being you know all about the quality of information mm. so your site should be answering that question anyway um so it's it's taking time really to consider your your website content um it's the th- there are so many um ranking factors now as well, so your social media presence absolutely plays into that All right um your overall kind of um profile and your prominence kind of really comes into it as well so if you've got um you know lots of links from different places um you got good reviews etc that's kind of the the core of it really Mm. um there is all sort of the technical behind the scenes stuff you know making sure the site's running fast enough that images are Mm. compressed in the right way that you've got the right the right tags um etc etc um
0: a blog are blog posts or journals still a big part of seo uh do they still help with that or not so much these days
1: i i think so yeah um as a general principle um the more content you've got that's relevant it, it's more more touch points for google to get get its teeth into again if that is content that is answering real people's questions yes you are kind of satisfying google but but i'd always think about you know satisfying your, your target audience's needs first and and that should follow
0: mm. yeah um so you also do websites as well don't you is that this is quite a big question but um i I guess for your industry it's incredibly important that they have a lovely website and stuff but is the social media and the seo as important as that that website or more so or you know with regards to getting that brand out there um i mean a, a website i guess with regards to hotels you, you're booking on a website so it's a little bit different but a lot of mm. companies websites are just static aren't they should they be kind of ploughing their branding and marketing efforts into kind of social media um instead
1: um i i think it's a, a balance um it's all about kind of thinking about your target audience and when they come to you what what are they going to mm. see um obviously kind of the brand comes into that um you know does the brand reflect that audience does it click with that audience um but also really um you know, is it answering their questions mm-hmm. um and, and that sort of thing and kind of tying in with the the seo perspective yeah. it's if a website is just there on its own static you know nothing ever added or changed google basically thinks it's stagnant yeah. um so it's not going to favor that that's not going to be considered kind of up-to-date content mm. um, so it's it's really sort of playing these things together and it's the, it's sort of the power of working these different touch points um together as mm. well and having a bit of an inter- integrated strategy so you know making sure you are posting regularly to facebook mm. but then that that those posts actually lead somewhere so you know a link to a um you yeah. know a, a a menu for for the restaurant mm-hmm. or a link to the booking of a particular offer um so it's all about sort of having those steps all connected together uh, which we've seen a lot of people miss before as i say a lot of people just post nice photos or or gifs or memes and those kind of things mm. um that uh you know are there to maybe make people smile but but as part of it you know businesses strategy there's no commercial sense to it or no no end game to it
0: yeah I um I've come across companies that kind of—I I read a really good article, and I can't find it now, but it was entitled "If You Build It, They Won't Come." And it right. was basically—I think—I think it was about um, a product, product design that had been built, and then no budget had been put into kind of the marketing and stuff. And I have found that with with a, a clients in the past, where they've—you know—they have like, "Let's get this brand done. We're going to create this beautiful brand. We're going to have this amazing site," and then. You know, you do all that, but then they don't do anything past that point. And actually, yeah. the bit past that point, the bit you guys do is is probably as important, if not slightly more important, because yeah. you you've got to constantly be working on that brand, haven't you? It's not just, as you say, it's not just your logo or your lovely site. It's your yeah. tone of voice. It's your interactions. It's I think it's down to like if you walk into a restaurant, how you're greeted um mm. and like consistently smiley <laughs> charm you know charming people working there and stuff but I think there is some some clients kind of think oh if I get a nice logo done and a lovely site then this is going to be a success but yeah I think yeah. you need to set aside a huge um part of your budget for the marketing
1: yeah the, the kind of the the analogy that people always seem to use is that it's like opening a shop but not not putting any signs up or telling anyone it's there yeah and- yeah. you don't have any footfall so it's not going to work out is it
0: so i think in this day and age definitely uh well probably in every day and age it's gone previously but you know with the kind of power that we have now through the digital world i think it's so important to get your marketing right would you always i mean probably asking the one person here but you'd always suggest going to like a digital agency a digital marketing agency to kind of make sure that's done properly and
1: yeah i i think there that, that there's various ways of doing it, and obviously, if you if you're just a freelancer starting out, you, you sort of have to do it yourself to begin yeah. with. Um, but again, that that difference of a an out, outside perspective really helps. Um, someone, some hotels, for example, kind of recruit, recruit internally and have their own staff mm-hmm. do it, yeah. uh, which which is one way of doing it and can work well. But having someone who's got that sort of industry knowledge. Knows what works for for that industry has that outside perspective mm. can really help. Yeah, um, and
0: I think using an internal person like that, you know, as we a bit like with personas, there's a, there's a kind of bias almost. It's their perception of the yeah, brand, isn't it? Which isn't yeah. necessarily. They might have, you know, they might have worked there for God knows how many years and be like it's their their baby. But you actually need someone to come in really from the outside and look at it. Sometimes slightly. You know cold mm. cold heartedly don't you to be able to see what needs to be done
1: yeah we, we often find as well that it's it's really especially the, sort of the social media management is a really underappreciated area mm. that a lot of people will say right the receptionist can just deal with that yeah. um, or or some intern or or that's nothing against interns or receptionists but they've got other things to be doing really um it, it i think there needs to be a lot more recognition just of it is it is a bit of an art really because it's it's not just uh being able to use facebook as a as a end user it's not just kind of the technical side of knowing how facebook ad manager works it's also tying that together with that broad strategy mm-hmm. the brand consistency um it's almost a bit of a a journalistic sort of copywriting thing as well
0: you need to be a good journalist slash copywriter really don't Mm. you and understand like how the importance of sort of the message that you're getting across and writing like you know concisely Mm. with that strong brand which is a real art form
1: yeah that is a really hard thing to do to to pack a really big message in the right tone Mm into into you know really short sentence that's going to engage with people and, and lead somewhere
0: yeah well it's been absolutely fascinating to talk to you about this side of things which is something i don't really understand or get to um find out about very often so that's really exciting thank you so much
1: you're very very welcome
0: um you can catch me on twitter at liz underscore e or at the elastic brand pod or on the website, which is the elastic um, and if you've got any questions about today's show, then please get in touch. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Bye.